Hey team, it's Matt Drinkon here. And you might have heard, my brand new book releases on Amazon on March 8th. It's been a labor of love that I think can really help you navigate some of the challenges you're experiencing in your own life. I go over toxic positivity and how to think you're in it for everyone else. In reality, you're in it for yourself. And I express that through this entire book and help learn from our own mistakes and how to turn the lens on ourselves and ask good questions. So go to Amazon on March 8th and you can get the Kindle version for only 99 cents. Just search for the book title, The Eternal Optimist. It's never too late. And you can download it directly to your device. That's it for me. Let's get into today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is Matt Drinkon, your host for the Eternal Optimist podcast. Thank you for listening today. You are much appreciated for tuning in and investing your very valuable time into a dose of optimism. And you know what? As a free, just a free gift today, we are going to offer you some optimism. We are going to give you the opportunity to engage in this world where we overcome our challenges and we learn how to convert them into opportunities. We take the difficult, we turn it into learning, and we use it to our advantage. We take the deepest, darkest places you can possibly imagine, and we figure out how to use them to our advantage to help save the world and to teach others how they can too have a great impact in the world. That's what today is all about. Uh, my friends, when we talk about optimism, this is not just rosy colored glasses where everything seems nice and playful and the birds are always chirping. Oh, there's nothing wrong and nothing difficult. No, true optimism is the awareness that I have on a positive glasses that see things through this one lens and I am completely aware that hard stuff is going on. I am not oblivious to the challenges that are happening in the world that are just plain evil and dark, and there's no way to spin it in a way that is actually good in the moment. When you take a longer term lens and you look at things over time, there are challenges out there that will eventually end up being the things that are your greatest teachers, the situations that will give you the great experience that could inspire you to inspire another who will then save the world. You know, there are many things you can look at when it comes to optimism and, and point it out and say, hey, that right there, that doesn't make any sense because it's just wishful thinking. You can, you can say that about some forms of optimism. Eternal optimists, they have the rose-colored glasses on and they have the high level of awareness that everything that comes at us is an opportunity to learn. Listening to this podcast to just today, take away one nugget, one nugget of wisdom that you can use to your advantage in the world. Having said that, there are gonna be a number of potential nuggets that come at you today with this guest. This guest is Mr. Austin Lenny. First of all, I could go on and on about his accolades and accomplishments. He is incredibly successful. He runs a number of business, double-digit businesses. He is successful financially. He is successful relationally. He is someone that has figured some things out. And I'm gonna tell you, friends, there's a lot we can learn about those. Today, we're gonna to talk about some of the darker times, younger in life, uh, divorce in his family, how that made him feel, the challenges of addiction and going down into a group of friends that led into uh, a drug addiction, alcohol addiction, you know, working insane hours, overwork, workaholic, you know, and then now being four years sober and running an empire. And by the way, this entire conversation, we are recording while he is in an RV in Montana. 
it's interesting because he has his own podcast, the Construct Your Life podcast, which is fun and it's amazing in its own right. I've listened to several episodes. I encourage you to check that out too. I talked to him, uh, I think it was two weeks ago, I was on his show and he was in Coeur d'Alene, I think it's Colorado. You know, so he's he's traveling around in his RV, running multiple businesses, living this life, learning for as much as he can. Uh, and his story is inspirational. So I encourage you to take notes here and buckle up for a great conversation, a very fast paced conversation with Mr. Austin Lenny. Enjoy, friends. Hello and welcome to the Eternal Optimist podcast, the show for optimists by optimists. This is the show for people who see the good in the world and want to make a positive difference in the lives of their families and communities. Each week, you'll hear inspiring stories that will get you thinking bigger and playing more offense in life. With your host and high-performance coach, Matt Drinkon. Okay, team, welcome to the Eternal Optimist Podcast. And today, it is my pleasure to introduce, from an RV in Montana, Mr. Austin Lenny. Austin, how are you, brother? I'm doing good, my man. You know? One one of the things my clients always say about me is like your background's never the same. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was wondering that because we we chat just for a second ago, and I've never seen this. Where are you? What is this background we're looking at first? Describe it for those who are listening, please. So when we were, I was I was helping one of my mentors finish a set up some systems for a hotel in Tahoe. So we were there for like six months and. We were done with the project and we were going to move back to Texas and we were driving down with my fiance and she was like, I don't like, I'm really okay. Like we don't have to, you know, we don't have to go to Texas. And I was like, okay, well, what do we do? And so we were in Sedona for like two weeks. And so we decided like, you know, what we've always wanted to do. We've always wanted to RV around the country. And so my business partner and one of my businesses moved in with his girlfriend. So I know we had an RV sitting there. And so I said, Hey man, I'll be there in a week. I was like, let me just borrow it for the summer and this year and I'll pay you whatever it costs. And so then I was on Facebook Marketplace buying a truck that could pull it. And then I finally found that. And so we bought it and we, we hooked it up and we've been on the road. Today is July 18th. So we've been on the road since February and we just kind of, we have seen the country. So I work from my, where we're standing right now. Holy cannoli. I had no idea. So when we spoke and I was on your show, you were, was that from an RV? Like, like a, it was like a couple yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, that was, that was from an RV and it was from uh, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Oh, wow. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. You know, it just yeah, goes to show so, you that nowadays things are so much different that back in the day, like 15, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, you could not, or it was very difficult to run a business when you were virtual remote on the road. And now with today's technology and, and evolving skill sets, you can do it anywhere. You figured that out. Wow. Well, yeah, and I think I think that ultimately, you know, funny funny enough, a couple things that are funny. One, a lot of the people that are in RV parks have probably sold their companies or they're like multimillionaires. Like people think RVs like cheap, but it's really not. And I couldn't tell you the amount of stories I've heard and people I've talked to around the country of like the guy next to me works at the top consulting firm in the entire world. He's been in for 40 years and he was telling me some ways to shift my business yesterday. And I'm like, you probably just made me a couple million dollars and just saved me a, a, like, so years. So like I met a lady that had a hundred Airbnbs, like we're talking about doing a development together. So it's like, you know, 
I, there is something to be said to be out there, you know, running around the country, meeting people, shaking their hands. Oh, I love the way you network. You just plant seeds that are so huge and talk about making a couple million dollars and, and meeting top consultants for 40 years. I, I love the way you do that. And one of the things of our show is that we interview people who many would consider successful. And that can be in business, in life, in many ways. But successful and most successful people have overcome tremendous odds and challenges. And that's where I'd love to start today, Austin, and dive into some challenges. So if you could take us back to, let's just say, from birth until your formative years, your earlier years, of birth until your 20s, somewhere in there, can you share with us a challenge? So when I was young, my, my dad was an up-and-coming dentist, you know, started getting extremely popular and his business was getting successful. But when you're a kid, you're not really understanding, you know, the house gets bigger, the the place gets bigger and you're, you're kind of doing your thing. But for me, school, like middle school and elementary, I have, I have kind of a, a photographic memory, but like on steroids, like, so like our conversation that we spoke about two weeks ago, like I could replay that for you in my mind. So like a podcast that I did, like two years ago, I can tell you what we talked about. So like when I have people on the podcast, like I don't need notes because I know exactly where they live, what their unit count is, what business they do, who their friends are. Like, I just have this like weird thing. Well, when I started getting up into sophomore and junior year, that's not always great. You know, I would like literally look at a piece of paper and I would get an A like the minute before the test. Like that's how my mind works. I can bring it up in my mind, but school never really inspired me. Like I didn't really find it challenging and I didn't like it. And so when I was, I was getting in a lot of trouble. And so when I was 17, my parents, they came to me and they said, look, you can go to uh, military school or you can go to Beaumont, Texas. And I was like, well, I don't know where Beaumont is, but I'll take that over military school. And so long story short, I moved out there. I went from 4,000 kids in my class to 120. I moved out to the country and about three weeks in, my parents came to me and said they're getting a divorce. Um, and so I equated to my parents getting a divorce with I was the reason they got divorced. And so that planted the seed for victimhood for me that that spiraled into a cocaine and meth addiction that left me homeless briefly sleeping in a closet underneath stairs at a friend's house to kicking that habit and then a full-on functioning alcoholic for 20 plus years while I'm starting in the real estate space, while I'm working 80 hours a week thinking there's nothing wrong. And, and since I have four years, four and a half years sober, I've lost 80 pounds and, you know, changed my whole life around kind of off the seed of like uh, owning that story of like, it wasn't me and, and not until I embraced and took extreme ownership and what I did has really turned my life around. And, and, you know, you said before we got started, you know, you're internally grateful that you're here and you have the opportunity and you're healthy. Like, you know, my kind of rally cry is like, there's a lot of people silently suffering and it's not from all the things that you think. And one of the bigger issues for me and why it took me so long to get help is like, if you look at my life on the surface, it wasn't that bad. I lived in a nice house. My parents had money. Like I, there was no big event that happened to me. And so I felt like I didn't have a leg to stand on to talk. But I had a good friend who I actually work with now who beat cancer twice by 26. And he said that big doors swing on small hinges. And so understanding that your plights, your issues, your story, whatever it is, it is, it's your story. You don't have to compare. I told him, I said, you had cancer. I didn't have cancer. He goes, I don't give a shit. He goes, dude, it doesn't matter. 
you had your things that affected you. I had my things that affected me. And I think people need to understand that a lot of times we don't speak up. We don't speak up because we don't think our story equates to being able to speak up. But if it happened to you, then it, it, it needs a voice and it needs a voice for you to move past it. And so, you know, a lot of what I do and a lot of what I work with people in my business is not so much straight up addiction. It's addiction to negative thoughts. It's addiction to the way they think about themselves. It's addiction to not loving themselves. It's addiction to thinking they're not good enough. It's addiction to plain small. Like all these things are kind of the genesis of the root of, of the limiting beliefs that everybody's saying to themselves. Wow. Well, first of all, congratulations for your sober and you know, running a massive businesses, you know, doing well now. Take us back, if you will, to the time you, you feel that I think I think a lot of our people can relate to this. You know, they, they have life is okay or life is good. And then some event, uh, divorced parents, and you felt maybe some of the brunt of that was because of you in some way, which then led to a spiral. And, you know, someone might slip into that spiral and not realize it's happening. You know, how, wow. how did we get to that? It's, it's so funny you use that word. Yes. The number, the number one thing that I see, not the number one thing, but one of the main factors that changed my life around was not going into the spiral. Like we have, we have this ability, right? When one bad thing happens or, Oh, of course that happened. It's, it's not that one event. It's the two or three events or the bad decisions you made after those things that turn into a month, three months, uh, six months. And by surrounding myself with the right group of people, putting myself in better circles, doing enough mindset work and inner dialogue talk, those, those bad days, those bad moments might last 30 minutes or an hour instead of six weeks, a month. You know, that's really what I see is the, is the quintessential thing is like, you know, I know who to call if I need, you know, my butt kicked. Like, yes. he's like, dude, come on. You're like, you're like, a, you're a king. Like, you got this. You're running 12 businesses. Like, blah, blah, blah. like back in the day, that's not who I called. Who I called uh, was the guy that wanted to go get drunk with me and, uh, and told me that, tell me, told me why the world was bad. Right. And so it's yeah. really those associations. Right. So there were some associations at that time that kind of took you into this lifestyle of at the time. And this is decades ago. Yeah, it's decades ago. And I, you know, and I think everybody can relate to it's the stopping and starting of dreams and hopes like that really just they they upheaval all confidence you have in yourself. Mm. Like meaning like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. These are what I'm going to do. And then not doing it. And so like my favorite thing I do on social media is I, I do these posts called my advice to my 20 year old self. Okay. And it's like, it's like, you know, consistent consistency over everything, impact over profits long game, you know, love yourself first, grace, smile more, travel more, like all those things that you wish. Now, granted, I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't go through those things. But my hope is to open you up that you don't need to go through a meth addiction. You don't need to go through a divorce. You don't need to get laid off. You don't need to sleep in a closet. Like I'm trying to save you beforehand, because if you think it's about the money, you are sadly mistaken. If you think it's about that next property, that's going to make you happy. If you think it's about that next car, it is so much bigger than that. And when you realize that one of the number one things I did that really helped me was okay. stop talking about what I was going to do. And I started doing what I was going to do. And the moment that I stopped telling everybody what I was going to do right. and I just went to work was the moment that everything started happening for me. And when you say when that, when you realize that, is this when you beat the meth addiction and then move to alcohol or at the end of alcohol? This was like four years ago. <laughs> so this is when you got yeah, this sober. Is like, 
You you did. Yeah, this is when I got sober. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, I didn't get sober till thirty six. So you got sober at thirty six. You figured out. So was there a trigger? Or was there like a? I hear people talk about like a rock bottom low point, or was there something that taught you to take that action? No, nah, I had so many rock bottoms. It, so I guess I didn't learn easy, but it was getting around a mastermind, a group of individuals. I know it sounds ridiculous to say. It was the first time in my life I had met two gentlemen who were 13 and nine months sober that were successful. I'm be, I mean, 100% honest. I didn't even know it was a thing. Because in the hotel, selling wine, I was a master bartender. The world I was in, like, that's what everybody did. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday didn't matter. And so when I started branching out into different business sectors and getting around people that said, no, man, like, I'm tired of blacking out. Like, this is a thing. Like, I'm not living up to my potential. And then, and then I got, spoke to a lot of people that were way higher up than me in real estate and business. And they said, hey, man, I don't know what it is, but you got something, kid. Like, just keep pushing, like, drive this. And so borrowing their, like, inspiration and what they saw in me, like, I was like, oh, maybe, maybe they're right. I've always known this, but, like, now I feel it and, until it slowly started catching up. And then just doing a lot of coaching with my own coach, working through some of that stuff, getting divorced, getting laid off. There was, there was a lot of things in that kind of mix, but what, you know, people, people don't see now they don't, you know, they don't see it now because it was a different time in my life, but they don't see the 2 AMs when I was listening to Gary V in the morning, they don't see the 3 AMs. They don't see the 4 AMs when I was 50 degrees outside and I was running seven miles on the football track with my shirt off, yelling, imagine dragons at the top of my lungs, like rebuilding my psyche and my mindset and how I was operating and what I was saying to myself, no, you can't. Yes, you got this. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And it was really, it was a book that really changed my life. It was called what you say when you talk to yourself. And it's a basic book about creating a subconscious mind and the, and the affirmations and the things that you say to self and rewiring your synapses in order to create a space where you can believe in yourself again. And through those things, man, and, you know, we just created what, you know, a monster really basically unwoken the beast. And, and so we're just, you know, even at now, we're just now catching our stride, you know, in the last year and a half. So like, we still haven't even got up to what we're envisioning and what we're creating. And so when you start cleaning up what I call in, in coaching, when you start cleaning up the windshield and you start cleaning up the BS, the limiting beliefs, the attachment, you know, you really start opening up what you truly, truly want in life. I love that. I'm making a note, cleaning up the windshield. Beautiful words there. Thank you, Austin. I, I look at what you shared. You said the book, what you say when you talk to yourself. And then you shared the Gary Vee at 2 a.m., the 4 a.m. running seven miles, screaming, imagine dragons. And I can imagine you singing because you've got a great voice. So I, I imagine all this. And then I take it back to 80 hours a week and just going hardcore there. Was there a deciding, like a, a turning point you decided to start taking that action, get up and do all of that? Or was that part of the the 80 hours in the alcohol time in those years. So think of a human as this, right? And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to literally, I'm going to take, I'm going to take you back to, to where I mentally, where I was in that space. You're working, you're making money. Everything's great. Right. But you don't have anything outside of that. And so that's your own in the world. Like I got to get out. I don't know how to get out. I don't even know what's going on. I hate this job. I want to get out of this space. I don't like my boss. Like, all, you know, all that's going on the moment. And I mean this wholeheartedly, the moment that I invested in my first Airbnb outside of that. And I made my first dollar from that was the moment that that job didn't feel like a dead end. 
it felt like the reason I could buy more Airbnbs. Because the outside acknowledgement of something outside of my job where I could do more of this, then I showed up at my job whistling because I knew every dollar I'd make, I could go put it over here. And as I grew that, that would allow me the chance to leave my job. And mm. that's exactly what happened. Wow. How did you gain the courage to finally take that, that oh, leap? <laughs> there, there was no courage. It was so dumb. <laughs> oh, we, what? it was so dumb. It was so dumb. No, I only say that because I think I did it about eight weeks too, too, too early. But here's what I know about myself. Sometimes, and I know this is used a lot, but sometimes you literally not only have to set the boats on fire, you have to set the rope on fire, the gasoline can, everything. I knew that if I didn't do it the way that I needed to, which was scare me to death, and here's what I, here's what they don't tell you. Here's what they don't write in a book. I leave my job. We are killing it, like killing it, like have a great month. There's no money in the business. Fast forward three months later, the partnership goes to kaputs, and I lose thirty grand. Oh wow! Wow. And so, okay. and so that's what they don't tell you. But but in reflection, this is three years ago. But in reflection. If I never would have started that business and I never would have started those business with those two guys, I would have never got sober. Those were the two guys that got me sober. So I'll easily pay the 30 grand over and over again that I lost. Damn, I love your story. I love it. Oh, man. So you, you've found the courage somehow, whether it was foolhardy and dumb or just pure <laughs> aggression, whatever. You it, found was a, it was a 4 a.m. decision. It was amazing. Yeah, I was like, I'm done. <laughs> Pounding your chest. You decided... You did it, and three months later, kaput. kaput. So some might say that would be failure, but you are not saying that's failure. True story, true story. I, for two days, am, I mean, I am roasting myself. I mean, I'm like, this is your one shot at it. You ruined it. This is so dumb. Bah, 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 bah. I have a friend. He runs a group of 270 millionaires, super successful. And he said, let me ask you a question. I just want to, I just want to test some things. He goes, did you go, do you have a degree? Did you go to college? No, I dropped out of college three times. Okay. You started a business before? No. Okay. Went to business school? No. Okay. Well, guess what? You just got the best and highest use business degree you ever got in your life with real life experiences. Deal with it. Okay. And it was, it was that, it was that frame. It was like, boom, I was done. And so funny enough, this is really odd. I already had planned a trip, 10 day trip to Costa Rica. Not ideal when you lose the money and then your ship's already planned. But I went on that trip and I still didn't drink. So I was only six months sober at the time. So I, that was my first time I ever vacationed and I didn't drink. And that was my Everest. Like I went on the vacation, I didn't drink. And I said to myself, I'll never drink again. I got over that. But true story, and I, I've only shared this story like three times. I've only shared this story like three times. Before we went on the trip, the job that I had had previously that I left, which was a salary job, and I was running that place. I We were two days before the trip. I, it was two days after I got out of the company and lost the money. I said to myself, look, it's a two-year anniversary. It's a two-year anniversary. Go say hi to everybody. See if everybody's doing all right. Where I used to work. That's what I said to myself. So I drive up there. I park the car. The building is there. I'm walking up to the building. 
the the door see through. I see all the former managers and former employees. I go to reach the handle. When I grab the handle, a voice, I'm not shitting you, a voice came into my head and said, this is not your life anymore. You need to trust. And I let go of the handle. I got back in the car. I leaving the parking lot. I get a phone call from a friend I've known for 15 years and say, hey, do you want to come work for us at our private equity shop? I'll hire you right now. What? And you were there. You were there to, to work again, to go back and work with yes. them again. I, he- it was probably going to happen. Yeah, it was probably going to happen. Yeah. Wow. Talk about the universe aligning to your purpose. Amazing. Okay. So I have, I have clients say this a lot. Sometimes in life, you have to let go of the vine for the universe to give you what you truly want. And I think we hold on to the good and the bad and the other. And look, let's be honest. I never worked private equity. I didn't know what I was doing, but, but I went in there and, and, and I'll be honest with you, didn't love that job either, but it taught me about what I wanted. And guess what? Now we have our own private equity fund. Mm. Mm. Chalk fuel. There's so many lessons here, Austin. It's, it's, it's mm. these, it's these, I say this to my clients all the time. How do you expect me to fight for you if you won't fight for yourself? And so you have to ask the same thing out of yourself. How do you expect the universe to give you what you want if you won't show up for yourself in the first place? If you won't believe, if you won't try. You know what we have an issue with? You know the actual addiction in America? We have to have the answer for everything. Mm. You and I can't have a conversation. You go, you know what? Let me let me sit on this for a minute. I'm going to get back with you tomorrow. Everybody would lose their mind. They'd be like, no, 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 just Google it. It's like, you know what happens when you lose your job or something happens or this big life thing? Have you given yourself the grace and the space to let it breathe? You know, like, have you have you taken a week off and said, you know, what do I really want? Like, what is it that I really want? Is this actually what I want? Or do you make the knee jerk decision to just go do what you've always done before? You know what my favorite thing to do with clients? This is like really odd stuff. Permission to not make the decision. I give you seven, I give you, okay, so he's got this big decision, right? I got this client who's got this massive decision, million dollar decision that he can't decide one way or the other. I said, I got a great idea. You're not allowed to make this decision for five days. That's that's the thing. You're not allowed to make, even though you need to, I want you to go golfing. I want you to go fishing. You're not allowed. And if I find out you made it, I'm dropping, like I'm done. I'm dropping you as a client. You're not allowed to make the decision for five days. Do you know what happened? He didn't make the decision and the guy came in double for what he wanted. (laughs) And so it's like, sometimes we're the one pressing too much instead of just letting it unfold. You know what I do with people a lot? When people want to get into business with me, this is a tactic I probably shouldn't give away. Sometimes if people want to do business with me, I'll purposely not give an answer for a couple of days to see if they'll get aggressive towards me. Okay. Like, are you going to, are you going to let you, are you, you know, cause everybody puts on a nice face when they get started, right? It's like, oh yeah, let's do this thing, blah, blah, blah. And then sometimes like, if they want me to invest with on them, I'll wait. And then what happens is they kind of mess themselves up. They'll, they'll show, they'll, they'll show the cards. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, yeah. you can't even, you can't even let it sit, you know? And so like, it's pretty obvious, like, oh, I just dodged a bullet there. Great tactic. I love the tactic, you know, just being paused because it, it's someone else's timeline you know, and you've got a lot of great things going on. So you don't have to, you know, knee jerk reaction, get distracted and, and make a decision at this exact moment. Let it sit. I love it. Yeah. 
Yeah, Love it. 100%. Well, well you, you know, uh, the, one of my favorite studies they ever did, there was this job, this very, very sought after job, like 15,000 candidates. They whittled it down to 30, down to 10, down to, f- they had four candidates. They didn't accept anybody. And then they, and then they waited. And only one person out of the group wrote a letter and said, you made the wrong mistake. I am the guy for this job. And they said, fine, you're hired. That's what we were waiting for. Wow. Great story. Okay. Well, so yeah, it's just one of those things, man. You got it. If you want it and you know, it's the right thing, then push. But if you, if you, if you need to let it breathe, let it breathe and and let's see if it comes back to you. Right. That really takes trust in yourself and what you believe in that you have for yourself. Do you think that Austin of five years ago, 10 years ago, could have paused, waited? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, not not two seconds. No, 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 because it wasn't it wasn't authentic. It was it was me. It was me grasping at something that I thought I wanted. Mm. Awesome. How did you get to that place where you're able to do that now? Is it through the repetition of these these routines and working on yourself and the commitment to give it space? I mean, how do you how does one get to that place? Because a lot of us are probably in a place where we have these grand ideas. We want to take action and we're still sitting on the bench. And yet you are now doing something I'm sure many people would want to do. How did you do it? How did you get to that spot? I think it's consistent. I think it's consistency of identity. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's small wins. I think it's having these things that you hang on to. I think it's, it's really, really like embracing, like not working out (laughs) like every day, like something doesn't work out, but it's never getting, you know, we're never giving up. Like, like, and I know we say that like offhanded, but like, I mean, dead serious, like, Hey, you know what? That's not for us. Like, let's, just keep like the thing is very simple right we we buy real estate do you know how you buy a hundred million dollars worth of real estate you buy you buy a lot buy a lot okay like (laughs) i mean that's really simple as that and so guess what you're not gonna buy a hundred million by one deal maybe you do maybe you don't but what i'm saying is think about that in your life do you know how you become an amazing person you do it for a long period of time it's not one act that's going to get you there. You know how you become a great leader and CEO? It's multiple small acts of kindness to your staff. It's not one big grand gesture. You're not going to it's not going to hit you like a brick. It's it's going to it's going to slowly seep into you thing. And and a lot of times when I consume something, let's say it's a big deal, right? Or like something big shifts in my life, a lot of times that thing doesn't come to fruition or I don't clear the thought out months later. Like when I'm sitting with it and like, oh, okay, that's why that happened. Boom, boom, boom. But we're all waiting around. That's my biggest issue with real estate investing. It's, it's very simple. Too many people are investing in real estate to get out of something instead of it enhancing what you already have. You're needing it to be this thing that it's not instead of just knowing that it's a vehicle that makes you money. It's the same thing with a business person that has all their money leveraged in, a, in an IPO and it doesn't go right. Like you needed that to be your thing instead of doing it for the reason in the first place or diversifying or, or you know, whatever it be. And so what I found is that consistency in everything in your life rules all. Like consistency in your diet, consistency in who you are, consistency at work, consistency in attitude, consistency, all those things. Like 
above it all else. I, there's not some my north stars my my whys are not tied to a dollar and they're not tied to an outcome they're tied to something that can never ever ever be done so it's very easy to get up every day it's very simple well can you tell us uh, a little bit of insight what what might these whys be any any glimpse into that please so i have Two main ones, and I'll tell you a story that highlights it very, very clearly. One is create jobs. So that's my number one. I want to create jobs. I want to give people a safe place to work, support them, see them be higher than they could ever think. But the best way to highlight my why is in a story. It's my favorite story in the world. So I am about to turn 40. So we'll fast forward this 36 years from now. So 36 years from now, I'm in a small town in Italy. I have just hosted my Airbnb guest after I cooked them breakfast from the vegetables in my garden. And I'm walking down to the local cafe to pick up food for the day. And as I'm walking down the, the, the street with my wife, he yells out from across the street, holy crap, that's Austin Linney, right? They say, oh my God, I got to meet you. And they run over to me. And I said, hey, I don't know who you are. Thank you but I don't know who you are. And they go, no, you don't know who I am, but you help so-and-so and he changed my life. Wow. That's a great inspirational story. It's that second circle of impact, right? Meaning like who, you know, we see a lot of what we do in business and life in direct correlation to our outcome. You get what I'm saying? Like, like I put the dollar in, here's how I made it. Or I affect this person. I saw them change. But you know what text is the greatest text in the entire world? When your client says, my family has never, ever, ever worked out. But because I'm better and I'm the best version of myself, they're working out now. And my mom's off her medication. Like as coaches and consultants and, and people that inspire people. Yes, you're going to see that direct result. But that actual, the actual tangible thing that matters to this world is when they affect the person behind them. Second circle of impact. Love it. Good. Good. So the first why, create jobs. Did you say there was a second one for us, Austin, of your North Star I just, why? Yeah. I mean, my biggest thing is just I love to elevate people in every every place. So I want them to be more than they think they could be when they're around me. Like that's my gift. It's like I see something in you that you don't see in yourself and then let's go to work. You know, let's, let's, let's you become that. Like, it's very simple. Met a girl six months ago, kind of lost, hated her job. A couple things break her way. She just gets, finds out today because some people decided to move on that she now become COO of 12 companies and owns two herself. And six months ago, she was at a dead end nine to five. Now, the question is, does she have all the skills necessary for that job? No but she's going to get all the support in the world and we're going to, and we're going to coach her up and we're going to help her. And so loyalty and, and tenacity and intention and, and who you are as a person outweighs the skills that you have. You know, the biggest, one of the bigger issues we have is that people think their skills are everything, right? Like, you know, you know, everybody knows that that company where the salesman's kind of a, kind of a, you know, but he's like really good at sales. And it's like, yeah, that's great. And I love that. But like, can we like, can you be both? Can you be like a great salesman and a great human at the same time? And it's like, those are the people I'm looking for. Like, I think the skills can be taught. Loyalty can't. You know, they, there's a stat out there that a, that a millennial will have 19 careers before they retire. 19. Nin 19 wow. different careers. Yep. <laughs> 
And Man. so the question is, is what's going to make, it's the same thing that we look at in our stats. Our clients stay with us longer than other clients. So that's a stat that not a lot of people are tracking. Are you, are you in it for the, the three months, six months relationship? Or do we want our clients around for four, five, six years? And so these are the things that I don't think people are talking about enough in business when they talk about how you set up a company. Today's sponsor for the Eternal Optimist podcast is Elevate People Around You. Instead of criticizing, instead of having it perfect the way that you envisioned it, Imagine what it would be like if you just let things be and let the person you're communicating with, let them have that moment. Let things go that way. Elevate other people by championing them, praising them, not nitpicking them and telling them that that wasn't good enough. Let's do it my way. It was my idea. Let's do it my way. Let's elevate other people. Let's applaud them, recognize them, give them a shot at winning, give them a shot at taking credit for something, elevate other people. Today's sponsor for the Eternal Optimist Podcast. Thank you, first of all, for sharing your 36 years from now legacy story and your inspiration. And then I'm really feeling this, this place of elevating people, right? So the why of creating jobs and elevating people to be the better, best version of themselves. You do that. Oh, and I love it too. And I'm glad that we're able to add to someone's day today. Yes. I'm saying, I'm saying, how could somebody be on a Zoom or around you and not smile? Like I, I look at you and just your energy and your face and how excited you are for life and how you treat people. Like, how could somebody not feel that way? And so I know you feel the same thing I'm talking about is like that's what you do for people too. Well, I appreciate that. Yes. And I could talk about me forever. I want to get back to you and I want to challenge this because this place that you were in, that I might be in, where we want to serve people, elevate people, create for others. Was there a moment then when you realized or when you discovered that this was your why? And if you could help us chart that, how you came to this and, and if there was a timeline. And, and I ask Austin, because this was not always my why. You know, and it evolved and, and it's, it's the why now. It's been the why for the last eight years since I've started the coaching practice. But before that, it was different. And it's, it's ever shifted different phases in life. How did you get to yours? And I'm going to go off on a little bit of a sidecar track here because I want to I want to highlight something that might be I, I've been playing around with this question because I think it answers this and it might get a little controversial. Do we do we read books and listen to podcasts to learn or do we read books and listen to podcasts to confirm what we already know? And I say that because I read I've only read a book like How to Win Friends and Influence People a year ago. I never picked it up. And yet he lays out exactly how I view the world. Or you hear that book and you're like, oh, yeah, well, like I already knew that, but that confirmed it, right? And I've, I've been surveying people. And I'm not saying that I haven't learned about private equity. I'm not saying that I haven't learned how money works. It's not what I'm saying. But your why, the universe or whatever you want to call it, I think it always knew what it was. I think that it needed to navigate the path of life to pick up all the skills to get you there so you could earn it in the end. 
Well, I am going to agree with you wholeheartedly on that one, that deep down inside, there is a why inside of us, and we need to shed a few layers to get to that why. We need to metamorphosize into that butterfly to get to that why. And does that mean that it was preordained? I don't know if it's preordained. I do know that where I am now feels like the right place, the right time, and I needed to go through things to get to this spot. That's the way I translate what you shared. And then ultimately, 100%. And then ultimately what happens is the things that were once a challenge become almost no, right? And and, and I only say that to say this, the CEOs in our companies, they go, man, I used to be stressed out, which is now it just feels like a knowing. Like now it's just like, okay, like it's not even anymore a question, right? And my joke with them is very simple. This is my favorite thing to do to people because it messes them up. They can't come back from this. If I gave you 40 years, could you be a millionaire? Yeah, I could be a millionaire. That's the first answer, right? Ooh, I could be a millionaire. Okay, okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. So you're already a millionaire. We've already established that. Who do you want to be? No, well, no, no. I mean, I mean, no, 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 no. We already decided that you'll be a millionaire. So that's what everybody claims they want. Who are you going to be? And then boom, that changes the entire conversation. Wow. So many places to go. Okay. I'm going to go back in right now with who we want to be. All right. So your why, which is your grand purpose. It's what's passionate. It, it, it inspires you. Your who, your identity. You've talked about a couple of times today when you marry your identity and your why together, and maybe they are the same, or maybe they are two parts that lead to this full whole being of you, right? When you figure that out, you know, then maybe there's peace. Maybe, maybe the, the Buddha would say at this moment, we've found this utopia where we are now able to be at peace and be in the present, right? But to get to that present, to get to that exact moment, we've got to go through all of the hard freaking muck and mud and challenge and everything. And if there's a listener out there, and we are not claiming to have, at least I'm not claiming to have all the answers. I don't think Austin has all the answers either. We're, we're, we're figuring this out as we go along. Both of us are. If you're in that muck right now, just know that you are listening to two other people who've been through the muck. And on the other side of that is something glorious and amazing. And you're this close to finding your why. Just got to keep going. It's like when you're near the top of the mountain, it's when it's hardest. And some of us are closer than we think. With that challenge of overcoming and then learning from it. What what you're describing is is a hallway with no lights on and no door handles. And when you're walking down the hallway, it's very easy because conformity and who we used to be doesn't want us to change. And so it's very easy. Uh, dude, I can map it out like clockwork. Mm. Anytime I'm coaching a guy from 39 years and older, by week six, they're ready to stop coaching. Because we're right about to make this huge metamorphosis and the jump from there to there feels like the Grand Canyon. And so now, because I've seen it so many times, now I just tell them right to their face before we even get started. Week seven or eight, you're going to walk away from me. Don't do it. And then they go, who do you think you are? And I'm like, watch. That's the universe asking you whether or not you're going to cross over because you've made a little money why it, my, my situation with my wife is just, it's just not bad enough. You know, she doesn't do too many things, but I'm not happy. This job 
gives me enough money, but I'm not. And it's like that you got to step out your comfort zone. And, and one of the, one of the tricks for me and why I don't have any fear is very simple. I realize that in order to be the ultimate coach, the ultimate consultant, I have to jump through the fiery door before you. And so when I am doing something that makes me uncomfortable, marketing, ads, all these things that I've done for the first time, all I say to myself is, I'm doing this so I can teach my clients. Mm. And so because mm. I'm doing it to teach my clients, I don't have any fear anymore. Wow. And so it's my, my little hack for me. It's like, no, this is going to be a lesson. And I, look, I'm not saying this is what everybody thinks. Okay, please. I, I'm a different cat. But the moment that we decided to get divorced, this is the thought that came into my head. I'm going to be able to help so many guys through this. Maybe save some marriages. And that was the first. And it made, I'm not saying it made it right, but it put peace in my heart. Austin, I, I cannot wait to finally meet you in person one of these days in the flesh because I want to I want to read for the audience and kind of just elevate what you just shared because what you just shared is nearly word for word one of my daily morning affirmations I read out loud to myself. And I'll read this. Every obstacle I face is the chance to learn something I can teach to others to help save the world. And that's that's the, the thing I read every morning to finish my personal affirmations. And I think you just said something very similar. You're here to learn when you go out there and do it. You're not afraid anymore because you're going to learn something and then you can teach and help others with. And I love that. And, and guess what? Sometimes those lessons aren't fun. And sometimes those lessons cost money. And, mm. you know, we just had somebody leave our company because she decided that she was going to be scared rather than, than, than take a risk on herself. Right. And I can be upset. You know, I poured a lot into there, a lot of money. You know, I can be upset mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. I can say, you were a bridge to buy the time necessary for the person that's stepping into that role to grow enough to own that spot. So thank you very much. Well, hold on a second. So the lessons, sometimes they're not fun. Well, maybe the, the frame shifts even more to what we might use the word fun for, because it's not fun yeah. if it's painful and hard and what we're used to right now. Well, what if the frame shifts to everything that happens to me, for me, through me, Everything that happens right now is a chance to learn something and learning is where I get my fun or learning is where I get my peace, my serenity, my fulfillment. So therefore, nearly anything that can happen next is a chance to learn. And therefore, anything that can happen next, I can use for good. I can use to my advantage. I can convert to energy, to positive, to something that can teach the world. I've Dude, I could talk to you all freaking day long. I think we, we could talk. We can go in circles about high-level philosophical things. I'd love to pin it down to a piece of advice. Let's say that there is someone out there that has a challenge of getting off the bench. They are stuck in their own mind. That there, Maybe there's some their fear of taking action, fear of failure, fear of something. I mean, you, I'll tee you up and you can take it any direction you want to. I'd love to hear a piece of advice from Austin Lenny for someone who's really struggling right now, Austin. What might... Something so, so the best thing I can tell you is, is very simple. Everything, and this goes back to, I really want people to sit with this in their mind. I want you to think about this, right? Everything that they told me that was wrong or I was doing bad in high school, right? You're, you're, you're too curious. You're, you're, you talk too much. You're, you're too, you're too smooth with people. You're, you're too outgoing. You're super smart. You, you need to, you need to buckle down. Are all the things they champion me for now? Are all the things that have made me successful? 
are all the things that have attracted other top level individual people, all the things that attracted top level business people to me. And as my as my money partner would say, Austin, you're a lighthouse. People are just trying to find the light to get there to you. And so when they tell you that you shouldn't start the podcast, when they tell you that you can't do this, when they tell you all these things, understand that's just their personal fear that they're injecting into you. And you ultimately are not that scared. You're just allowing other people's fears to be put on you. And so break through those chains, move out of the town, go wherever you need to go, because ultimately you have no idea how great you can be. And clean up the windshield, man. Clean up the windshield. I love it. I love it. Austin, how can we find out more about what you're doing and, and, and connect with you online or anywhere? Help us find more about you, please. Yeah, so you go to austinlinney.com, L-I-N-N-E-Y. It's got my podcast. It's got myself. You can reach out to me. You can reach out to me on Instagram, Austin Lenny. Shoot me a DM. You know, we have, a, we call, like, funny enough, the name of our company is called The Company because we think it's funny. It's The Company <laughs> Consulting. <laughs> it's The Company. We, great name. It, it kind of it stuck. So we, we help small business owners with their sales, their organization, their mindset, their health. And it's something that we're extremely passionate about. I've got two other business owners and, and we just love what we do, you know, being able to partner up with small business owners and, and, and jump in there and, and, and build their brands and get them excited about what they're doing and elevate them to a place they've never been before. Man, it's just something I can't get enough of. And we just love what we do. Mm. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Austin, for uh, taking the time today to be with, share some of your challenges and share philosophies and identity and to help us clean up our windshield, take action, brother. Much appreciated. And uh, we look forward to maybe a, maybe a second version when, you know, fast forward a year from now and you've finished up this RV or maybe the RV continues indefinitely, you know, wherever it oh, goes. We're picking, up, we're, pick, we're picking up the new one in December, much bigger. So, yeah. Oh, oh, fantastic. Well, thanks so much, Austin, for being a part of today and I uh, look forward to next time, brother. Take care. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Eternal Optimist podcast. You can check the show notes for information about today's episode. And please share the show with that friend who is wanting to think bigger. We'll see you next time.